You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave talking about the 13-4 and four Green Bay Packers. Packers lost what I think is pretty much a meaningless game. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, lost last week 37-30. to 30. Uh, Packers on a bye week now. Chris and Dave kind of on a bye week as well. <laughs> so we decided, <laughs> we decided to split the difference. Uh, instead of doing one right after the Lions game, um, and instead of doing a you know a preview, we would kind of combine these two, talk a little about what we take away from the Lions game, but spend most of our time, I think, looking ahead to what the postseason is going to bring for the uh, thirteen and four number one seeded Green Bay Packers. And Dave, let's start right with that Lions game and put it and put a bow on the thing. Is there anything to take away from that? Is there any meaning that we should ascribe to the 37 to 30 loss to the Lions? Not at all. Um, I did. Uh, I guess there are a few takeaways. and uh, Certainly we can talk about Jordan Love. I, I I think that's something that came out of this game. But uh, the few things, let's just go down a few of the things. I um, Is that Bakhtiari came back and I thought the, and Myers came back and I thought, and from my eye, that the offensive line looked like they were protecting Rodgers better. Did you feel that way as well? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, no, we had 27 plays from David Bakhtiari. Um, I guess that helps, but it's the lions, you know, I, I really don't know if that's anything really meaningful or not there, you know, yeah. I mean, you, we also had the, the, the center back we had Josh Myers back. I guess that's good, but it's, it's, it's hard to really understand where the lions, uh, you know, really a good barometer for how good those guys are. Now, 27 plays from David Bakhtiari, I guess, maybe better than zero plays, or is it? Uh, because you're going to need that guy to play the full game and play the full game like the David Bakhtiari that we saw, you know, at the end of the 2020 season. Right. So I, um, yeah, you ask a pretty benign question, but I don't think there's a simple, <laughs> I, do. I don't, th- I, I don't think there, there's a, there's a simple answer, uh, to that. I, I'm not sure what we can take away from it, which is why I tried very hard to put the pressure on you. So I wouldn't have to answer that question, uh, but I yeah, think I, it's pretty much unanswerable. Okay. Yeah. I threw it back at you. <laughs> I, from, the eye test for me was that Bakhtiari looked good. Um, the Myers, it didn't seem like there were a lot of mistakes and it felt like, Rogers, uh, yeah, I guess um, maybe what could be a negative is that Rogers kind of held the ball a little bit more than maybe he had. It just felt exactly. like he exactly. was in the backfield longer. Um, and uh, and yeah, the the downside is uh, that's the offense I don't like. You know, I want him to be right. on rhythm right. and get that ball out of there. So could this possibly have a a negative effect of like the better you protect him, the worse the offense is? That can't be possible. That, but see, but that's ex- that's exactly. What I was f- afraid of is that he's going to say, well, I've, I've got the big giraffe out there, right? At left tackle, that 
that's what he calls Bakhtiari. And, you know, the, the, the guy's there, he's, he's healthy. So that means I can hunt the big play now because I've got my starting center and I've got my left tackle and just wait till, you know, Billy, till Billy Turner comes back. And I'm going to be able to hold that ball five seconds until I find a guy who's available for that 40 yard dart. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that is the best, the best offense for the Packers. So I'm actually a little bit concerned that this may send them back at the exact worst time where they need to play the way they were playing and being successful. Is, is this possible? You get all of these guys back, you get back Zadarius Smith and the even like they get, get back Whitney Marcellus, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Josh Myers and you, you, I guess Billy Turner probably looks like he's going to come back. Uh, Jair Alexander. I mean, this sounds just great, except that you don't know what you're getting when you get those guys back. How is that going to change the chemistry that they've developed along the way? It's a, well, you have good players back. That's never a bad thing. Well, is it really? I mean, it, it might be a bad thing because it's going to cause a question. Where are you going to, on defense, where are you going to play Alexander? Uh, you play him outside. Is, is he going to be fit and ready to play outside? And if so, do you wind up sitting down Stokes, who's just gotten better and better? Right. Or on the other side, Douglas? Uh, you know, you're all, you... your second team all pro. Is that what he was he was voted to? Uh he he was voted as an alternate to the Pro Bowl. Okay. I don't know if he was on the uh second team. I just looked at the first team all pro, but thanks, Dave, for exposing me not looking yeah, again, the first yeah. team all pro. Man, you are just you I'm are lighting me up here. I mean, just holy <laughs> cow. But point is i'm really i'm excited to see these guys coming back yeah but at the same time i'm concerned because how are they going to integrate them into what has been you know the best record in the, in the nfl this season i mean it's they always say it's a good problem to have maybe it is i think it's a good problem to have if you've got three meaningless games left in the regular season where you can kind of experiment but i think we're at the point if i'm not mistaken dave we're at the point of a you know a winner go home situation and so your margin for error very thin at this point but it's not like you you know aaron rodgers is back for the first time and and you know or um you, you know it is left tackle is i read an article that talked about 2011 a similar thing happened do you recall that that i guess chad clifton was hurt and he came back for the playoff game against the giants and then actually had a rough game I don't. Yes. I didn't read the whole article, but um, it was it was Jason Wildey in the uh, Athletic that wrote okay. that, and I read it last night. As a matter of fact, um, and I did not remember a lot of those details. Uh, what I remember mostly about that time was Joe Philbin's son dying. That was yeah. How right. how that put a real pall over the team. That's my major recollection from that time. But looking at Wildey's article, and it's like, gee, that that does that does sound really kind of eerily familiar and you know that 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 did make me squirm a little uh who were so, all the people that came back it, clifton was one uh greg jennings greg Jen okay well you would think I, I don't recall that not being a positive in that game i felt like the problem was al harris couldn't cover plastical burris uh but uh yeah i get you know there are probably some players where if you insert them in like this that you could mess up the the chemistry of the team. I understand that. But if you're getting two pass rushers in particular, you know, getting it's third and eight, and now you've got 
you know, your best pass rushers that you've had for the last two seasons, it feels like, yeah, maybe they could be undisciplined and leave their gap and a running quarterback could expose that. Although I don't know who is the running quarterback that they could face. Um, but Zadarius Smith is, you know, coming in situationally to put more pressure up better than Tippa or, or um, whoever Garvin, else they've yeah, Garvin. Yeah. Garvin. Yeah. So I think like that's gotta be a positive. And I, I have to believe Alexander over a Sullivan. Cause I, I can't imagine that they're going to take uh, Douglas or Stokes out that you're going to have your three best corner guys out there. Um, that he's going to hurt you either, but the offensive line, you know, I'm glad that they got at least one game under their belt. Um, I don't know. I, I, I seen that article. I haven't read it, but I, I get the gist of it and I get the chemistry piece of it. You've got a team who's got the best record. Um, I would rather look at this whole situation like the, uh, video that someone made. And did you see this on Twitter where it's the end of the Avengers end game? When uh, all the this is a spoiler for Endgame if you haven't seen uh, Avengers, but uh, all the superheroes that come back after being snapped out of existence by Thanos. Did you see this? Uh, You probably haven't seen the Avengers. No, I have not. Yeah, but have you seen the video that's been liked? I think by Aaron Rodgers and Benkert like mentioned it. It it basically puts faces on all these superheroes that are coming back from another dimension to help save the day, and it's like it's just perfect. They uh, you've got to search for this thing online if you haven't seen it. I think I um, I retweeted it out because um, I, I I am more excited than nervous that these guys are coming back. I think the who you're getting back are the right pieces in the right right time. I I, I just it feels right to me. Uh, so I I am not nervous about it. I'm more excited. Well, I have to stop you right here, Dave, because you have besmirched the name of a Packers Hall of Famer. When hmm. you said when you said that in the uh, 2011 uh, championship playoff round uh, against the Giants that Al Harris was abused by Plaxico Burris. Was that not right? Al Harris was done with the Packers after 2010. He was not on the 2011 team. I will expect a complete and full apology to one of the finest cornerbacks to play for the Green Bay Packers and Al Harris. This I'm I'm thinking of just ending the podcast right now. Wait a minute. Is that true? When you, that, when I you have... besmirch Al Harris, my friend. Yeah. I I I I I just don't know what to say. I well he's uh, the guy uh we're gonna get the ball, we're gonna score. Uh exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. That that was a signature play. Is it yeah. wasn't two thousand eleven maybe I'm thinking of the Brett Favre game then. Um, against the Giants was, that we lost yeah. in the cold. Is that I, the game I'm thinking of? I th- I think that's the game you're thinking of because okay. Al Harris was was on that team. Um, he was not on the team in 2011. Um, the team in 2011 had its own problems. You remember they they had the lowest ranked defense by yardage in the NFL that right. year, but they had a lot of turnovers that they um, were able to to keep the the damage on defense to a minimum uh, because of the uh, ability they had to take the ball away, their inability to keep teams from moving the ball was mitigated. Uh, Al Harris was not on that team, but that I think he had uh, maybe went to the Dolphins, and I'm not even sure if he played it with anybody in 2011. But he had that bad knee injury, and that was pretty much the end of his of his career. Um, so anyway, that as a a digression. Your point remains uh, the same though that. 
that team had other problems besides the influx of guys who were sitting out. Now, I think one of the things Wilde mentioned in his article, bringing back um, um, Greg Jennings, that the timing was off with Rodgers. And so he had Jennings available and wasn't able to hook up with him. It sounds like the weekly thing that now happens with MVS. Yeah, right. Where they can, where they can never get on the right page. You know, he's available and he overthrows them routinely. And it, I don't, I don't know what the deal is there, but you know, he was really, despite the fact that they didn't get along well, um, you know, twelve and um, Jennings, you know, were a pretty potent combination, but they couldn't hook up in the playoffs. Uh, after the 2011 season, and Wildey was suggesting, well, maybe it's because of the time that was missed. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me wonder, well, okay, um, you know, what are the unintended consequences of having all of these players come back when they haven't been playing? And will they come back and be themselves? Or will they come back and we're expecting to see, you know, David Bakhtiari, and instead we get, you know, something else? as opposed to what we're expecting to get, or Jair Alexander. I mean, can, um, is, he, is he still going to be a shutdown corner when he comes back after not, you know, playing for what, since early October, I, it just, it, it makes me uncomfortable probably because the green Bay Packers in the last nine conference championship games, they've played, they've lost six. And if you saw the article this week that, uh, J.R. Radcliffe wrote, um, in the last 30 years, they've been in nine conference championships. They're three and six in those games. And it makes me think, wow, I've seen a lot of losing. Now you have to be really <laughs> special. You gotta be really special to be in nine conference championships yeah. over decades. It, that means that means three every decade. And that's outstanding. But you, when you've got a 333 winning percentage in those games, it just makes me a little gun shy. It makes me wonder, okay, now what's going to happen? Everything is set up so perfect. First round by, they're, they're, they're going to be having their games at home. And it seems Guys like... Guys coming back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And every time this happens, it seems like it goes wrong. Yeah. It's like this, uh, yeah, it, where last year it was home field advantage. Now we've got that and guys coming back. Like, yeah. how much worse can you make the story end for us that we just uh, go down in flames? Um, but, uh, yeah, the, I, the year I, they it, won, Dave, was everything was against them, right? The, the that, year that's that they, right. That's they right. were on the road for all those games and they wound up winning all four in the Super Bowl. And yeah. that's the one you think that they go out in the first round. That was where we just keep talking about how that year was such a gift where, this feels a lot more like 96 where it's like, it is our time now. Yeah. Like I, I will be not happy on anything less than a Super Bowl victory uh, or at least a Super Bowl appearance. Although right. if right. we lose the Super Bowl, I'm sure I'll be absolutely destroyed. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I we don't know that yet. What the, the losses in the past do not have an influence on the uh, on the performance, I think, going forward. So what do we have right now? We do have these guys coming back. And your original question of what did I take away from the Lions game is that at least I saw two guys come back on the offensive line and I thought they looked good. Like I, I did not see like, he, like he's, he just, you know, Bakhtiari looks like he's, he's rusty or, or something. He, he looked good to me, but you're right. It's the Lions. It's not Tampa Bay or, um, you know, the, the Rams, I guess we'll have a, but I, I, I feel optimistic that it looked like they were um, in good shape. Now when Bakhtiari went out, couldn't you get that vibe that something's wrong? 
you know, like the way he's talking, it's like he's, it feels to me like he's saying like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And uh, then it looks like a coach is kind of talking to another coach nervously. Like there was just yeah, like this yeah. vibe that something wasn't right. And I thought he heard himself for sure. And uh, no one's kind of picking up on it. But uh, I guess the report was he took himself out because he was tired. Is that basically? Well, the... yeah. And I, I, I thought about that. The first thing I thought was, yeah, right. And I thought, wait a second now. The guy hasn't played at all in a real game in a right. year. And he's a big boy. I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but isn't he like 325 pounds? And, you know, I mean, yeah, he's he's got a big a big frame, but still, that's a lot to lug around if you're not used to, you know, playing that way. So he OK, let's say he's not hurt and he was just fatigued. Is he going to be, you know, able to play 50 snaps, 75 snaps uh, next week? I that's what kind of concerns me. If you're going to start this guy. Uh, are, are you going to just assume he's only going to be able to play the first half? Because um, 27 snaps, that's what? Maybe that's um, about a third of the game, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it depends. Yeah. If it's, well, the first drive they had was 13 plays. So you get two of those and, and then he'd be done. If you, <laughs> you might end up with two touchdowns like they have. But yeah, 27 plays is, is not that far into the first into the first half. And then how does that goof up your game plan? If you're, you know, how do you make assumptions about, well, you know, if Bakhtiari's out there, we don't need to give him any help. Um, but if he's only going to play half of the snaps, do we have to have another plan where we are going to, you know, slide over a tight end or a running back to be able to give help um, to Yash when he's out there? You know, I mean, it's yeah. almost like it's a different, it's a different team in lots of ways when you don't, have that guy who's starting. But don't you feel different on defense? I I, I think from Alexander to are we can we just call him merciless? I, I like that the sound he of that. Merciless. He is yeah. merciless. He is merciless. And Zedarius and uh is there anyone else on defense that's coming back? Um let's see. Uh on the offensive side you got the two offensive linemen, you got Cobb. You know, three offensive linemen with Turner coming back. Yeah, um, yeah. but defensively, it feels it's like these Smith are and all Alexander and and Merciless are the three that are coming back on defense. Yeah, I I think you're. Uh, I think the defense is going to improve with a pass rush that could have, you know, Gary, Kenny Clark, Zadarius, and um, Preston Smith. Preston Smith, yeah. Could yeah. that be your, you know, rushing four and everyone else is in coverage, including, you know, Alexander, who I'm guessing would play in the slot and, and that you wouldn't disrupt the your outside corners, I would I would think. But that does, as you say, expose him to that shoulder Play, and to playing the run and, and playing a lot more physical slot positions close to the line. And right. you're, you're going to you're going to have to be more more physical. Uh, but I guess you could always say, um, yeah, just. Don't stick your nose in there, Jair. <laughs> well, and, and, and yeah, and as I was a coach on the other team, I would test him to see if he, but, you know, he's a tough dude. He really um, is, yeah. And I, and I wouldn't put it past him to, like, if he's ready to play, he's ready to play. And if if before he got hurt, if he played the slot, I would have been very comfortable with that. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to suspend my uh, doubt and, and say that these guys coming back are mostly positives. And... Could there be unintended consequences? It's possible. But I thought, you know, the first drive that they had with the with the two offensive linemen in, 13 plays and a touchdown, they haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Uh, that was really great. I, 
I felt like this was going to be a really interesting game. And then from there on, I was just like, all right, get them out, get them out, get them out. Surprised that they left him in as, as long as they did. And then I started to feel like, you know, there is, we just assumed that if they played, they would have positive momentum, but they ended up going three and out and went out on downs. Uh, and then I started to think like, well, maybe there's a, they have negative momentum by playing. Um, Cause then they, they had a couple of drives where they didn't look so good. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, do you think that this game from a momentum standpoint was went one way or the other? I think this is a case where it's how how the individuals associated with the team, coaches and players, how they think about it. I mean, if they went in with the expectation that we're doing this um, to knock the rust off, uh, to keep our our prime players primed, and to, you know reintroduce some people. Uh, those are our goals, and also not to get hurt. If you are making those your goals and not winning and losing, I think your momentum is intact because we didn't come in here with the intention we're going to win. We came in here with the intention of doing other things, and we accomplished our goals. Yeah. So I think if they had that mindset, the mindset where you know winning would be nice but not important, uh, but we want to do these other things, I think they'll be okay, and it's not going to hurt them that way. Um, and I. Just kind of judging on how the players took it, it it seemed to me that you know they they weren't expecting to win, or they that wasn't really what they were out there to do, and they seemed to take it all in stride because they didn't really have anything on the line other than you know trying to make sure that they don't go three weeks without playing, and yeah. they did that, and, and they did so that, I, right? I, and I, no, I and we're not talking about injuries, yeah. right? That would be the main topic right now is if somebody of consequence got hurt. Right. Exactly. And I think MVS was the only one that there was a bit of concern, but even that sounded more precautionary than anything else. So I, I think this was kind of the best possible outcome in lots of ways uh, for the Packers. I mean, the only thing that would have been better is if after they got the, the 62 yard, screen pass touchdown um, if they had been able to clamp down on defense and shut down the line so that they could have won the game. That would have been the only thing that would have made this perfect. Otherwise, I think they they ticked all the boxes that they wanted to. And it could have been a really nice game for Jordan Love if you could have, yeah, if they had a shutdown on, I guess, you know, after that tight end screen, they scored a touchdown. The defense could have stopped and then we could have ran the ball out. I think Jordan Love actually looks statistically like he had a really nice game and maybe his trade value, if we ever get to that point, <laughs> you know, would, would have increased. But, um, and I am, this is another takeaway from this game is the tight end screen, which I mean, I loved it when the Badgers, it seemed to work for the Badgers every time they ran that thing. Um, I'm, I love the tight end screen, especially, you know, if they're, they're coming after Rogers, like against an Arizona that likes to blitz um, heavy, you know, be able to throw that in there, I think can really, uh, disrupt the, the defense of and what they're doing and putting heavy pressure on. So I, I I'm loving the tight end screen and boy, did that work, but, uh, defense gave up a quick touchdown and then you get two interceptions by love. And now we're questioning whether this guy belongs in the league. Yeah. I, I guess I think back to the first and second years of Aaron Rodgers. We only saw him in the preseason, and then we see would see him at kind of you know mop up time. And before the big coming out party, 
in Dallas, the the game that I think we watched at Jimmy's house, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, before that, I didn't see anything from Aaron Rodgers that I particularly liked. No, and, were we at the game yeah. against at home against the the Patriots when Favre got hurt and Rodgers went in? Uh, you might have been. I wasn't at that one. Okay, I I think I was at that game, and someone uh, tweeted out a series of highlights of Rogers coming into that game, which he ultimately then got hurt at the end. Yeah, he broke his foot or something. Yeah, something like that. And it was very Jordan Love like. I mean, it yeah. it's, it was weird to see twelve. It looks like Rogers play and and just like not have any pocket presence. He's throwing the ball inaccurately. I mean, he's holding the ball up high like he did when he came out of college. It just looks. Awful, and and it, that was really sobering for me. Who says you know Jordan Love doesn't look like he's ever going to be any good? I, I'm sure I said the same thing about Rodgers after that game. You know, I I'm, there may be even a podcast out there that may have well, evidence to that uh, point. But um, I am I am certain that I I, I was negative on the guy because we were in the podcast in those days. We yeah. started in 2005, just like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers did. And I, re- I remember, you know, that I was I was unimpressed and I yep. expressed grave concerns. And it wasn't really until that Dallas game that he looked like he might be a guy that could actually play. And Jordan Love is he looks like that same guy. He doesn't appear as though he's he's any good. Uh, and there's a lot of problems with his game. So I'm not ready to cashier the guy, you know, based on. Uh, what have we seen him this year? Six quarters, something like that. You know, seven quarters, maybe of play, all season long. It really hasn't been uh, a fair, a fair test. And there are guys. Um, who's the guy who was the uh, coach, the Ravens' offensive coordinator for the uh, Brian Billick? Hmm, uh, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, you know, when he got bounced from the Ravens, uh, he became, you know, kind of a one, one of these, you know, gadfly uh, coaches that is always appearing on, you know, some talk show or something. And his contention was as a former offensive coordinator, you really don't know what you have for, for real with a uh, quarterback until they've had 30 starts. And who, who gives a guy 30 starts? Well, nobody does. Right. And that's why there's a lot of guys um, who don't show a lot in their first, you know, half a dozen or dozen or even a season's worth. And they get, you know, thrown to the curb and then they then go to the flavor of the day in the draft and the, the system repeats itself. He said, you, you got to give these guys more time to show what they really have. And I don't think we can wait, you know, 30 starts or I guess 29 Goodness. starts now. Yeah. 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 Uh, for Jordan Love. But I think we have to see give him a lot more chance than one like uh, surprising start against Kansas City and then one half of play against Detroit. I mean, he hasn't even had a home start yet as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's 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 had a lot of things against him. And I don't know so much. I can't remember exactly who was available for the Kansas City game this year. But in the Lions game, he's playing the second half with some starters and some guys who aren't starters. It wasn't as bad as preseason or something like that. But. You know, it's, it's close. not it's it's not really the the set of guys you're going to have for real if you were the opening day starter. So yeah. I I'm not saying they should hang on to Jordan Love, but I think that people that are convinced that he's going to suck, um, I think you really got to give him more of a chance. And, and ch- let's face it, he, chances of him being the third consecutive Hall of Fame quarterback 
very, very minuscule. But right. I think he, he would have a chance of being, you know, serviceable NFL quarterback, which means you're going to have to be able to run the ball and play defense. And if the Packers were able to reorient their team where it's not reliant upon um, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, you know, they could probably still be successful under Jordan Love or somebody like that if the rest of their team was oriented in a way that you didn't have to rely on Love to be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's just, you know, the the thought of it's not it, the losing is is bad, but the thought of you know, a, a whole half of football we watch the Packers and they're just lifeless on offense. Like the quarterback just can't seem to hit receivers in stride and and getting sacked, you know, consistently. I mean, now it seems the book is out that you just you 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 put a lot of pressure on Jordan Love like after uh Kansas City did it and that seemed like that's what the Lions were doing. Um, and you know, that's one thing with his interceptions. He, he, I think he was getting hit as he threw a couple times and he's trying to force the ball downfield. So, you know, it wasn't like they were using the full playbook and trying to, um, kind of manage the game for him. So I, I think that's not fair to judge it certainly on this game. It's just, I think it is fair to say from what we've seen though, is that I, I, I don't feel confident that we're a playoff team with him next year. Uh, if he's our starting quarterback. Uh, well, they may they make were, it. I'm just not confident. Well, they were six and ten the first year under Rodgers, and yeah, I, rem- I remember 2008 as being the year that the defense constantly let other teams back in the game. Rodgers would, you know, come in and he'd get the lead for him, and then they give it back on defense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but still, they were they were six and ten that year, and yeah, you know, and, and that's with you know a future Hall of Famer under center. And so, yeah, if if Jordan Love would be the quarterback next year, I think we can count on them being step back exactly but that doesn't mean that the guy can't play uh it you know means that he's first year as a starter and i think that's probably the key behind the 30 start thing from brian billick is that you know it takes that long for people to get comfortable in the pocket and to understand reads and you can't only do that by actually playing the game uh you can't do that through mental reps or through watching film. You've got to be out there. You've got to be able to feel the pocket closing on you and understand how much time you have while still keeping your eyes downfield. You can't simulate that uh, even in in preseason where you're not playing against starters and with starters. It's not the same game situation, game speed that you're going to get playing for real. So even if he plays next year, and you know, it's a little shaky. I think we have to realize that that's going to happen with a guy that is in his first season. Uh, now, I know Favre had, what, they were nine and seven, and he started, uh, I think he came in relief in the third game, right? So they were actually a little, a little bit better uh, than that. Uh, so maybe Favre is a little bit of an exception that way. But most first-year quarterbacks, uh, Mac Jones aside, you know, don't don't have playoff teams that doesn't really happen very often it wasn't Peyton Manning like three and 13 his first year yeah like Troy Aikman like won one game and uh there's there's a lot of good and you know it's it is hypocritical if I was talking to a Saints fan they are like you know once Drew Brees is gone I don't think we're gonna make the playoffs I would say like well of course it's gonna take a while to get back on top uh New England is is kind of an exception you're right but I would say um same thing I guess they didn't make the playoffs last year after 
Brady uh, left and think, well, you know, you can't just expect. But when it's the Packers, I think, no, 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 no. I want somebody who can make this team competitive. That's <laughs> I, I, I would not take my own advice on that, that this idea that, look, you've had a long run. You're going to have to rebuild. But, you know, there's there's things in the Packers' favor. They have good players. Um, if they do get rid of Rodgers, they should be doing it through a trade, right? Has there been right, rumors yeah. of him retiring? Did I see? Well, he has uh, left that as an option. I think he um, he's he's taking nothing off the table, I think is how he yeah, said that. Yeah, that's, that's Rodgers' speak, right? It's yeah. some agenda. Yeah, I mean, but just think about it in your own job, though. I mean, you, you'd never want to, you know— foreclose any options that you might have, even if you don't really think you're going to do sure. a certain thing. You like if your boss says, yeah, you know, I'm, I got plans. I, I you know, you're going to be here for the next three years. Yeah. yeah I don't think you want to paint yourself into a corner, you know, right. on, on that yeah. stuff. And I think that's what Rogers is doing here. So I'm not, let, let's imagine for a second that here's a little thought experiment for you. The Packers win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Does that make Rogers more likely to retire <laughs> or 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 leave the team because you know my my work here is done kind of thing, or does it make it more likely he'll want to stay? I, I don't know because yeah. of a cap situation. It's not a it's not a relationship that broke that the Super Bowl can cure. The cap is still the cap. Like I I just don't know how you keep him and you lose a ton of people, in, including Devontae. Um, or do you know do you win the Super Bowl and then? You just have to say um, the 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 cap situation is such that we just we just have to start over and and we have a chance to do that. I don't know what they feel about love, but if they trade Rodgers to Denver, I, I think they get a lot of bad draft picks and and then you just have to rebuild. And I I think I, I, Brian Gutekunst he's getting a lot of love on Twitter, and I think mm -hmm. we're all sort of I mean and rightly so. I mean it's you think about the people he's picked up. His last draft was really good. I wonder if he's, you know, confident enough to feel like we can build this team up from scratch. Like this, we we do a pretty good job around here. Mm. I wonder what his impression is, or if he's thinking like, man, uh, you got to have that quarterback. If we could have Rogers for two or three more years at this level, I, I, everything else should. We'll build the rest. Like let's let's lock in the quarterback. Um, I no. don't know the answer to that question. If this yeah. really matters, yeah, I'm. You know, I. I'm not certain either, but I could see either way it being the rationale that, you know, I really want to stay in Green Bay now to see if we can repeat like John Elway did uh, at the end of his career. Or, you know, uh, we've had a really good run here in Green Bay. I'm the four-time MVP now, uh, won two Super Bowls. The subtext being uh, that's one more Super Bowl and one and more Favre. MVP than Brett Favre. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so he can go, you know, someplace else. Uh, it, it, I could see it cutting really either way. But regardless of how that uh, comes out, I think it's hubris if the Packer front front office is going to mistake its run of good luck and, and not just in, in who they've you know, picked up in off the, off the scrap heap, uh, including picking up a guy in June. That's an all pro. I yeah. Mean, just, unbelievable. That happens yeah. All the time, right? That, yeah. <laughs> you know, bring in a guy in June and he's going to be all pro. I, I, I just think if if they are thinking like that, that you know we we are proven now in our ability to scout and find people, uh, and they also had an uncanny draft too. I mean, it was a great draft. 
it was it was a great draft. A lot of things came together for them. I don't think you can expect that to happen, you know, on a regular basis. Now, maybe they are smarter than everybody in the league, but that still doesn't mean that all your moves are going to work out. It, you know, it's, it's a relative deal. We are the best front office in the league and the best front office in the league is going to be wrong two thirds of the time. You know, right, that's, right. that's the, that's the deal. It's not, we're the best front office in the league. We're always going to be right. So I, I, I think if hubris, uh, steps in, that could also be a factor in their demise. Because, you know, suddenly they think they're the smartest guys in the room. And I, I just I I think regardless of what it is you do, if you start thinking that way, you're on the way to disaster. So but you know, eat. when does that happen? It's at the it's it's when you're when you're at a point like now, best team yeah. in the league, you've made all these pickups <laughs> that make you I mean, he could win GM of the year. Like but it, you know, it does raise a good question. And I don't know if I I feel like I want to answer it one way, but I, I guess I really think of it. Like two or three years from now, what's better for the Packers to keep Rodgers and kind of get rid of everybody else and sort of be deficient in lots of areas or hope the draft really comes through? Or do you get rid of Rodgers and beef up everything else and including potentially maybe drafting another quarterback, which I don't know if there are any good ones coming out this year. But, you know, maybe you say, look, one of those draft picks is going to be a quarterback because love is really right at this point a backup. Um so let this be a competition rather than just have mm-hmm. him inherit it. But what, mm-hmm. what helps the Packers turn it around faster? Is it give it, go ahead and get Devante's gone. Rogers is gone get a bunch of draft picks and rebuild. Um, I don't, I mean, Rogers without talent around him it, at times has been not so good, you know, and not with the floor, but with, with McCarthy, that was true. Um, and he's going to be aging every single year that he plays. So mm-hmm. is it a, is it, a given that we should be wanting him back? Um, no. And I think rationally, the right thing to do um, is to thank him for his service, regardless of how the year comes out, and you know, wish him well in Denver or wherever it is he's going to wind up playing, and use those draft picks to restock the shelves because you're going to have to have a lot of talent around Jordan Love. And I also think you're right, Dave, when you say that, you know, if they do get those extra picks, they probably want to pick up a quarterback in the same way. You remember when they, when they had uh, Brian Brom and Matt Flynn in mm-hmm. that draft because they weren't sure about Rodgers. And so, you know, Ted uh, drafted a couple of quarterbacks to kind of hedge his bet. And I think you probably would do the same thing. Let's say you got four high picks for Aaron Rodgers, whose value will not be higher uh, in the future than it's going to be after this season. Um, I think probably what you do is use one of those picks on a quarterback, because if nothing else, you're going to need a backup. So, you know, why not hedge your bet a little bit and then fortify the rest of the team in the draft and go find another all pro that you can bring in next summer. Uh, (laughs) I I would get two. I I don't know why they stopped at one. Well, you know, that that's they almost did though when they when they got Douglas by suppose you're saying cuz that was an in-season pickup that doesn't really count. Yeah, I uh, I yeah, I, yeah. I want that as well. I would like yeah. two of those. I like four, <laughs> four four and four two during the season. Yeah. Let's let's pick it up here. So, so I I would think from from management standpoint and we we're talking about this from Aaron's standpoint. But what about from a management standpoint? If you win the Super Bowl, are you going to say, "Okay, that's 14 championships." We're all good. Aaron, yeah. thanks. You've been a swell fella, or you've been a complicated fella, but a swell fella as well. And uh, we're going to trade you to Denver. 
and we're and we're moving on. I mean, they may be satisfied um, rather than saying, well, yeah, we won a Super Bowl, but what are the chances of us doing that again right. with a quarterback entering his what age thirty nine season? Right, uh, and having yeah. to lose, you know, all this, you know, basically making him such a a high paid player that you're going to um, lose other talent, you know, right. like your all pro middle linebacker. There's no way if, if they bring back Devonte and they bring back Aaron, I don't see any way that you're going to bring back Devondre Campbell and uh, Rasul Douglas. I, you're going to have to let a lot of guys go. We, we talked in the last podcast, uh, you know, Bak- Bakhtiari has got a big number and he's, you know, been hurt. What about, Billy Turner, you're going to wind up bringing him back. I mean, there's just yeah. a lot of questions that you're going to have to answer if you bring those two guys back. If you don't, well, you have you have a lot more room. And if you, it's easier, I think, to make those decisions after you've won a Super Bowl because you're going to have the good grace of the fans. They're not going to like Rodgers leaving. They're not going to like Devontae leaving. I know I won't like it, but rationally, I think it's the right thing to do probably. Well, I think, like you say, it's what's important for management is is kind of wanting some cover. And if you had the cover to say, look, we won a Super Bowl. Look, the cap, it's out of our hand. The cap is just he's he's not taking a discount. You know, we, we look if Rogers wants to stay, you know, he needs to help us out, but he's not. And, you know, this is what's the best move. And by the way, trust us, we just won a Super Bowl. And look at all these other guys. I, I think they would have the cover to to do that. And I still wonder with Gutekinds and, and above, and even with the floor, maybe is, you know, I, I, I think I'm convinced now, you know, I think the players love Rogers. I, I really do, but I don't know if management does, you know, yeah, I, right. Yeah. I, 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 I in, in the back of their minds that they say, if we have any inch of room, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to get rid of them and move on. And just this guy is nothing going to be, he's been a big headache for us. It's only going to get worse. Um, especially if we don't, if we're not winning, let's just end this where it's at and it's it's a off to the sunset and uh and and we'll we'll rebuild and i actually think that would be a a very interesting season next year i was trying to think of doing a podcast where hey we've got Devontae, we've got rogers but man our defense is decimated it's all rookies it's you know it's just a complete mess um you know is that more Am I looking forward to that team or am i if it's jordan love and a bunch you know a lot of really good talented players around him uh, that's really interesting. I might end up hating it, but that would be interesting. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I think I'm really 50, 50 uh, as to which way I wanted this to go. Yeah. I, I obviously want to see him win the Super Bowl this year, yeah. but it does set up a real interesting off season uh, from, from both the Rogers side and the team side. Uh, there are reasons to believe it could go either way. I think from a team standpoint, though, um, you have, you will never get more for Aaron Rodgers than you would coming off an MVP season and a Super Bowl win. I mean, that is probably the the height of his market. And if you're able then to get, I don't know, three number ones and a two or some, I don't know, some some kind of absurd deal from we, we mentioned Denver, but it, it could be a lot of teams, probably some AFC team. Um, I think you probably have to do that if your objective is the future and setting you up for a future. Because under a best case scenario, what, three years maybe of, of Aaron Rodgers playing like Aaron Rodgers? I know Tom Brady's had 
meeting him maybe a little bit longer run into his 40s. But, you know, let's face it. I mean, guys, the body deteriorates and it is a physical game that takes just one freak hit and you're done. And at that point, you're not going to be able to trade the guy, yeah. you know, for, for what you want. So that's kind of the way I see this is if they win the Super Bowl this year, I think, you know, that would be the time to, you know, thank everybody warmly. Uh, it's been great. We'll see you at the ring ceremony. But, you know, yeah. uh, we are we are heading in a in a new in a new direction. Um, I just I. I, I would hate to see it go that way because everyone wants to see it last forever, but it never lasts forever. Every season is going to be different. Um, and all it would take, you know, is like in that Bears game, the first game of the season, uh, it, that was the, what, 2018 season, right? Where yeah, the, he got hurt. He, yeah, he got hurt and he came back miraculously in the second half. But we learned later that, you know, the guy had a broken leg of some kind. Uh, it, that's all it would take, you know. Yeah. Right. And then it's like oh, the whole then they're really in bad shape. That's right. That, you're not going to get back on the phone then to John Elway and say, hey, you know, you remember that deal we talked about? <laughs> uh, yeah, you you want to do it now? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Well, and but is retiring the worst case scenario out of all this? Because he retires. We get and nothing. Then you get nothing. You, yeah. You get nothing. So and you don't get him and you don't get the picks. That would be. <laughs> That would be the worst case without a, without a question. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, where uh, that will he'll be hated <laughs> if we don't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, in my I mind like we're retiring now. Like, come on, at least give us the picks. That would that yeah, would be rough. That would to lose off on both of those things. But again, I that may have been a purpose pitch on his part to you know lay that out there. All, everything's on the table. And that, you know, puts it in the back of the Packers mind <laughs> that you want to accommodate me because I could retire and you get nothing. You don't get me and you don't get the draft choices. So yeah. that's probably just smart play on his part. So be, so before we um, hit the break here, uh, I want to do what they call forward promotion. Um, and when we come back, I want to talk a bit about the potential opponents the Packers might face a week from now and who you'd want to see and who you wouldn't want to see. We can use the Pete Doherty article as a, as a basis for that. And as we typically do, when we go into the break, um, want to thank uh, our latest donor contributor. Um, it's Caden Jeffs. Now I know that sounds like some kind of international marketing firm, uh, but I do believe <laughs> that does. Yeah. I, it does. I, you know, when whenever I'm looking for, you know, my marketing needs, I always call Caden Jeffs. You know? <laughs> uh, That's good. But, one, yeah. But he said such a nice email. It was a nice. It was. Nice. It was a lovely email. So lovely, in fact, I would uh, kind of like to, you know, share some. Well, the first thing I want to share though is that it was kind of you to win the betting lines, uh, Caden, and then. Uh, to say nice to be able to do it after winning. I love you guys. Make sure you read my email with my introduction. And so we will do that. So first off, thanks uh, for sharing your winnings with us, Caden. We appreciate that. And um, here's the email. This is Caden Jeffs, the newest winner of Packers Therapy winning uh, Packers Therapy betting lines. I just want to introduce myself, say how much I love your podcast. Well, thank you, sir. We do appreciate that. Been a listener for a couple of years. 23 lives in Salt Lake. That's Salt Lake City. That's a uh, oh yeah, That's city Salt Lake in, Town. 
Yeah, that's a city in Utah, my friends. Okay, thank you. Right, yeah. Uh, a huge Packer fan since 2010. Decided to become a fan after watching the Super Bowl. So glad that I stuck with them. Fingers crossed for another appearance this year. Listens to a ton of Packer podcasts. And Kate, I wasn't aware that we measure the amount of podcasts uh, in tonnage. But apparently he listens to a single ton of Packers podcasts. It's my favorite for sure is what he says. Wow. Us? Really? Uh, always listen to yours first as soon as it comes out. This year I've played the betting lines and I've been so close to winning. I'm glad that I finally did. I like your pop culture segment. You're one of the few people that do. Thank you, Caden. Uh, because I'm a manager at a Cinemark movie theater, so I'm able to watch a bunch of movies. And your pop culture helps to help me decide which ones to watch. Well. Isn't that special? We Thanks. are just, yeah. We're touching uh, all the bases here. Yeah. Well, in not touching physically. We want to be very clear. We don't do touching here on Packers Therapy. Um, so <laughs> after being able to listen to your podcast for free for years, I'm now finally winning the betting lines and decided to give you guys some money and hope it helps fix up the Packers Therapy uh, Hotel and Casino. Um, yeah, that will take a lot more. Your generosity is appreciated. We don't own that anymore. It, the one in Vegas, we were able to offload, thank God. Um, so we are looking at locations in Monaco. So maybe you can help us with that one, So anyway, hopefully able to win some more betting lines. Listen, you guys, stay safe during these weird COVID times. Same to you, Caden uh, Jeffs, the um, latest in the stable of winners. In fact, everyone listens to Packers Therapy. Dave's a winner, in my opinion. Really? That's I agree. I and, but especially Caden, because he's not only a winner, he gave us money. So thank you, sir, for that. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And before we head to break, I do have to comment on iChuck, who sent us um, an absolutely perfect email because it was only two lines long. And uh, iChuck, um, probably on his, it's, it says it's sent from his iPhone. <laughs> yeah. I guess when you invent the damn thing, yeah, probably, show off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, "Looks like we're set for the future!" Exclamation point. This guy can throw a seventy-yard screen like a boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, hey, Chuck, it still counts in the record book. Okay, that's, that's still right. what that's what Rogers needs to understand. Yards after catch matter. Yeah, I tell you, exact, exactly right. So. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's a sampling of that. Thank you, Caden and I, Chuck, as always. Um, and if if you do want to give some money to Packers Therapy, we 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 definitely appreciate it. Uh, PayPal, it's Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. Uh, there is also Patreon. Uh, we appreciate you know however you want to do it. We've had a lot of very kind and thoughtful people, uh, not just this season but in past seasons, uh, that have sent us a few bucks. We appreciate it, and we appreciate even if you don't send us money that you listen and that hopefully you get a little enjoyment from, from what we do talking about the Packers. We're going to talk more about the Packers in just a bit. Look ahead uh, to what they might face in the postseason. Uh, going to do some playoff betting lines for you true degenerates out there, and we'll also do some pop culture along the way. Pop culture this week, going to feature this very podcast. Wow. Okay. Stay tuned for all, for all that. More Chris and Dave coming up. Chris and Dave back with Packers Therapy. Uh, second half, we're going to talk about Packers in the postseason. Who are they going to play? And who do you not want to play in the postseason? Now, we're recording this uh, early on uh, Saturday afternoon, so none of the 
playoff games have started yet and they will start here in about an hour or so um, and it's uh, Las Vegas and Cincinnati in the AFC followed by another AFC game on Saturday evening New England and Buffalo Sunday games uh, Philadelphia Tampa Bay San Francisco at Dallas are you playing Yahtzee over there, Dave? <laughs> exactly. I know what is going on. I'm trying to do that so slow. It's a really big comeback. <laughs> I need to get a straw. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, well, and try to keep the straw out of your nose. But anyway, Fine. I was running down the, uh, okay, so uh, start to go to Dallas. Uh, and then, I am. I, I regularly play Yahtzee when we, uh, <laughs> I just, I can't get through it without <laughs> something to distract me. <laughs> Oh, four of a kind. Oh, great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, full house. All right. Yeah. Uh, and the other teams play, too. <laughs> so whatever. Okay. All right. Who do we want to play? Who Who, uh, who are the options? There are four well, options, right? First, before we get there, though, are any of these games must-watch games uh, for you? I mean, oh. I can only see one on here. Well, maybe two that I would consider these are games I have to watch. Okay. So, Okay, so uh, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, do you need to watch that one? I, I uh, No, I'm not interested in that game whatsoever. New England, Buffalo. I am interested in that. My boss is a big Patriots fan, so I want him to be happy. Okay. Um, and I think that's a compelling game. It's going to be super cold. The Bills got to get that monkey off their back. I'm watching that game tonight. Okay, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, that's um, noon on uh, Sunday. Uh, that is a game you watch for the first quarter. The Buccaneers look like they're you're going to blow them out. Then I'm out. Yeah. But uh, that's a game. If the Eagles got a chance, and I got a colleague who's related to someone who whose brother works for the Buccaneers, and he t texted me this morning and said that kind of the word around Tampa is that you know they're too injured to really make a serious run this year. So there's huh. wow. kind of some doubt there that maybe, and just that creeping of doubt. Yeah, can maybe the Eagles, you know, can get a lead, take Buccaneers out. That'd be pretty interesting. Well, if the Eagles do win, that's uh, that's Packers who we play, will, right? The, yeah. the Packers will play them, so that may be worth you know watching a little bit of that one to see how that's going to play out. Well, there's so your running quarterback, though, right? That we yeah didn't think we'd have to face. That that is true, but the rest of that, I mean, obviously they're a playoff team, so they're not a bad team. But I think, you know, of all the teams that the Packers could play. That's probably the one that you want to face. In fact, in Doherty's article, that that's the one that, you know, he comes down on that the Packers are probably, you know, that's, that'd be the best matchup that'd be the best. for them. Yeah. 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 The the game I really want to see, I want to see San Francisco and Dallas. For sure. That's my number one too. Yeah. Because right? McCarthy and uh, I think the 49ers legitimately have a chance to upset the Cowboys and, uh, I, you know, reading, seeing Twitter and some people talk, you know, they're saying that San Francisco might be a team that could give the Packers the most trouble. Right. Uh, so do we actually kind of want the Cowboys like we do better against the Cowboys than the 49ers? Would we be better off seeing the Cowboys take the 49ers down? Well, no, that's that's interesting. I guess um, I I have approach avoidance on this one <laughs> because I would I would love to see. Mike McCarthy at Lambeau Field um, in a high stakes game. I, that would be fascinating to me. Uh, Dallas, you know, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball there. Um, but the matchup is what is really what compels me here. I mean, that would be 
perfect. I would love to see that. Uh, but the problem is Dallas got a pretty good team, and I would I hate <laughs> to see you know uh, McCarthy's team come in and win, oh. uh, and especially because he happens to coach the Cowboys. I mean, that would be right. The Cowboys winning in bitter cold conditions at Lambeau Field. I mean, Bart Starr. Well, he's too much of a gentleman. He would still roll over in his grave, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, Part, uh, at least he would do it in a dignified degrees. manner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on his side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I'm cheering for the 49ers to beat the Cowboys just to get them out of there. But um, because I think the, the Cowboys are, are talented. Team, though, too. You know, I, I think the Niners are a better team now than they were when, when the Packers played them. Um, and they, uh, you know, they're the kind of team that, uh, you know, Shanahan has got a mm-hmm. good history against the Packers and, uh, but it feels like, you know, they don't have the quarterback that's as, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Packers can be both of these teams, but, um, this is a blimp game where I, I hope the blimp <laughs> crashes and everyone dies in the burning flame. <laughs> Not fans, just people. No, not fans. Yeah. Fans are. Well, yeah. they're Dallas. Yeah. Well, Some. they bought their tickets. They knew the risk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so then there's the AFC, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I'm not too interested in that. I think that's a Kansas City win. And I'm surprised that's the primetime game. Um, yeah, I well, I suppose the way they've done this by having the Monday night thing, uh, they want to have more primetime games. You want to have three nights of primetime games. Uh, so that's, I don't think it's the matchup so much as just having a primetime draw that features, you know, two brand name quarterbacks, one of whom is a husk of his former self. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's, and I think it's going to be a blowout. I, I just feel like the, the marquee game is the 49ers and the Cowboys. I'm just surprised that's not the, you know, the seven o'clock game, but um, I guess that's- the Mahomes that draw that much of a, of a crowd. Well, you know, he, he, he is popular. He is a popular young man, you know, uh, but that's a good, that's a good question. I wonder if there's another reason why they orient I'm trying to think time zones or some kind of, no, cause that's central time zone, just like Kansas city. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I would tend to agree with you, but you know, Mahomes is a popular figure and he is a reigning MVP and he's won a super bowl and, you know, I think Roethlisberger's got a brand name as well, even though he's not who, who he was. So maybe that's it. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'm. I, I would. I would bet they thought about that very carefully when they <laughs> and have a reason, <laughs> and we don't know. Yeah. 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 That's right. And then the Monday night game, which, by the way, Monday night playoff game is that really a smart thing to do? Is that fair? I don't. I. I, I, I sign me up. I. I do well, as like a fan, this, this... As, a, as a fan, it's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I care. Who, who, who else is in consideration here? This is my, it's not my world, and I, you know I'm the center of it. It's and I want more games and more nights. This is having two games happen at the same time is um, it, it doesn't make sense. So I guess you could have three games today, but I don't mind. There's only two, and uh, I guess your game would be going on right now. We're doing the podcast, so I'll be able to pay attention to both games. And but a Monday night game, yeah, and it's a that's the probably the second. Most interesting game for me is Cardinals Rams. Yeah, I I think that's probably my second, um, you know, as well. Um, but I'm kind of curious who you'd like to see as the winner coming out of that. Let's assume that that Tampa Bay is going to take down Philadelphia. Let's say that holds chalk there. Yeah. Um, then that Arizona LA game, you know, becomes a lot more important because that may have 
implications for the Packers. So, so who do you want there? Um, I'll tell you, I, I think I'd rather see the Cardinals. I would too. Then I would I'd rather see the Rams. Yeah. I, mean, Rams, yeah. I think the Rams are like the Cowboys. They're very talented individually, but like somehow in the team, it, it, it kind of breaks down or it, they seem to, like, I look at that Cowboys team, like they have these stars on defense mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and then on offense, the receivers, the running backs, the, the quarter, I've never been a big Prescott fan, but you know, there've been games where he's just been lights out. Like they have enough of tools that you could say, for, well, for sure we lost to the Cowboys. I think the Rams have that same star power, but the team together doesn't seem to be as, as strong as the parts. So I, but I worry about that, that they, it clicks and, and the Cowboys figured out, the Rams figured out. I just think the Cardinals as a team, even though, I mean, they they could have easily beaten us uh, in the regular season. They were at home. Um, but the Cardinals, you know, desert team being at Lambeau, I guess the Rams also in L.A. coming to Lambeau is going to be tough. Um, 49ers coming to Lambeau, I, I guess. Um, I I don't. You know, I don't really know the characteristic of 49ers. I feel like they're a running team in defense because Garoppolo isn't excellent, right? So I guess being in Lampo probably favors the 49ers more than any of the other teams because of the running game. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Uh, I, let me let me make sure we understand each other. We we agree that the Eagles will be the best matchup. Yeah, and- we won. And yep. in that in that way, we are agreeing with the 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 Doherty article. I think we both agree too that the Cardinals are probably the second best matchup. Yep. For the Packers, given how their their seasons kind of come off the rails since the Packers beat them, uh, and I don't have I, I little concern about that one. Now Doherty has as the third team, uh, San Francisco, and it sounds to me you would rather see the Niners than the Rams or the Rams than the Niners. I think I'd rather see. uh, Yeah. Between the Rams, the Niners and the, uh, I guess the Cowboys wouldn't be for the, till the next round if they win. Um, Correct. Yeah. I I guess I would pick, I would, I would pick the Rams as my third. Um, You know, and I, and I would too, but that's not the way that Doherty came out. He came out flipped. The Niners are the one I think that concerns me the most um, of this. Uh, and, you know, Mike, Mike DM me today and, and mentioned that he thinks that the Niners are um, a team that's kind of rising where yeah. the Rams are a good team, but they're probably not as big of a threat because they have Matthew Stafford, a quarterback, and they're pr- primarily a, you know, a passing team where the Niners can run the ball more. And right. I think and commit to it at that. Yeah. Right. right. So I, I guess in the second round, I would, I would rather face the Rams than the 49ers. I may you know live to re- regret that, but still, I, I think the Niners are going to surprise people in the playoffs. I just think, you know, in the cold, I don't know if you're going to have like the, the, the time the 49ers ran 90% of the time and beat us Ugh. in the playoffs. Yeah. Like they had, uh, I forget that guy's name. He was like an absolute burner. Oh, uh, uh Roster Mostert? or Mostert. That's it. Mostert, um, yeah. Rahim, I that's, believe. I, I yes. smushed those uh, two names together. Um, you know, at Lambeau, where it's cold, I don't know if anyone is going to be a burner there. And if you can't pass or you're kind of a, a more conservative passing game, then uh, I think the Packers have the, the defense to, to go against a team that's committed to the run and stop it. I mean, it's we didn't have Andre Devondre Campbell back, you know, that year right. we played the yep. 49ers. We, we just have a different defense now. 
Um, so maybe Doherty's right. You know, 49ers probably are l- less uh, less balanced on offense than the Rams. And Rams are getting like uh, Cam Akers and some guys back healthy, mm-hmm. which right, uh, exactly. is, yeah. is that unintended consequences thing again. So he probably follows it closely. I and may, it could be all the recency bias that I've seen the 49ers beat us. The Rams haven't, so maybe that's clouding my judgment. But I think I'd rather see the Rams than the 49ers. Yeah, I think I would too. And and so I mean, we're gonna we're, we're gonna find out here. Uh, the only thing that kind of bugs me about um, the Rams matchup is that the Packers have handled them pretty easily the last two times they faced them, uh, both times at Lambeau Field, and you wonder. You know, I mean, can you do that three times in a row, three times in two years? It's sort of like that, um, you know, when you had to play, uh, you know, Tampa Bay three times in you know, twice in the regular season and then once in the in the playoffs. It, it was, it's really hard to beat a team three times, you know, and especially when they're, you know, fair, you know, when they're fairly well matched. So that would make me a bit uncomfortable. But, you know, the Packers have kind of also had the last couple wins again. San Francisco. I, I I just think that the Niners right now are an ascending team. They've kind of got it together. I think they're a little bit tougher. They've, you know, not that the Rams are a pushover on defense. They're a good defense, but I think San Francisco has, has got some guys that can cause some real problems for the Packers. So given my druthers, uh, I would probably rather see the Rams, but you're getting to the point where other than Philadelphia, anybody you face oh, is, all tough. You know, is yep. pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, that we're, we're going to find out soon. Uh, playoffs start here uh, just in a little bit, and we'll find out more by the time people hear this podcast. We'll, they'll probably know a lot more about it. But this is actually good because we, we don't have the benefit of knowing who they're going to play, and so this can be thrown back in our face uh, <laughs> yeah, shortly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. So should we do some betting lines, or is there anything on your sheet, I should say, be, before we uh, – uh, we talked about the all pros, of course, you know, Rogers and Devante, but Campbell, uh, you know, is the, is the big surprise there. Uh, do you think, um, before we get to the betting lines, do you think that they should make an effort, a, you know, a big effort to sign Devondre Campbell, or is this just a fortuitous deal? They got lucky. They picked him up. He was the right man, right place, right time, had a great season, an all pro season, you know, not anybody that you think is going to be a continuing all pro. What's your kind of your take on that? Well, and you phrase it that way. I always say yes. If it's like <laughs> you, you do him versus, you know, other options, which is always the real world decision, then it becomes harder. But yes, I want Devonder Campbell back because he he played great. And, and he showed us the value of having a good inside linebacker. So rather than answer your question, I what I would say is I hope from this point forward, the Packers value the inside linebacker position uh, much more than they have in the past. In fact, even Barnes, I think Barnes is, is fine, but let's say they um, kept the defense intact um, and drafted, you know, uh, an inside linebacker, really good inside linebacker to replace Barnes. So Devondre and another, then you sort of have a team like Tampa where they have those two such good inside linebackers. They're everywhere. It's the run, it's the pass. I mean, they're, they're just they they play all over the field. I just think that ignoring that position for so long has been one of the reasons that the Packers defense has been bad. So I I just I hope that they value that position much higher than they have before. 
Yeah, I think it's going to come down to whether or not they decide uh, to make a push to, you know, keep Rodgers and Adams on the team. I think if if they do that, they're just not going to be able to re-sign uh, Devondre Campbell. It's uh, probably the end of Rasul Douglas because uh, these guys are going to be, you know, on the market and based, based on the seasons they've had, they're going to get paid and good for them. Uh, but the Packers will not be in a position to pay them if they bring 12 and 17 back. Now, if for some reason, um, you know, like we talked in the first half of the podcast, the Packers win the Super Bowl and, you know, they tell they, they thank Aaron for his service and they trade him somewhere else. Uh, but they save the cap number. That means that that Devontae is probably going to leave if Aaron's not going to be there. Well, then that opens up the possibility. Well, then maybe you do pay some of these guys. You know, maybe then you, you know, you, you have money available. You still have to make some roster moves because you're so far over the cap, but you can make some other roster moves and you could resign the guys that you have. So it's, it's really going to come down to what they are going to do with Rogers and Adams. I kind of view them as a package deal. I don't, I wonder if we should always be doing that. I assume that's true, but I don't know. Is there a possibility that you can convince Adams to stay without Rogers? I think if you pay him enough, um, but he's going to get paid wherever he goes. And I think he realizes that, you know, one reason why he, you know, making what he is because he has a, a guy that can throw him the ball. Yeah. The, the other part of that is I, I think he's beginning to get in the hunt for not the Packers Hall of Fame. He's got that already for the, for the, for the one in Canton. And it's money is going to be obviously very important in the equation, but he may also be realizing that a couple more good seasons and he's going to get one of those tacky yellow jackets. And is, even though it's not a very good fashion statement, that would be something that might, you know, influence his decision on where he wants to play and having Jordan love throw him the ball, even if he's getting paid a a ton of money, you know, that, He's going to get paid wherever he goes. Even if the Packers have the biggest offer, um, you know, without Rodgers, he may not want to be here. He may want to be someplace where he's going to get his catches, get his numbers, and, you know, get his bust in Canton. Well, that's the thing where, <clears throat> yeah, he might want to not stay in Green Bay, but he might not want to go. Like the the highest offer might be for the Jets. Well, if he goes to the Jets, he might get the most money, but he probably forgoes his ability to go into the to the Hall of Fame, right? Because um, yeah. he's got, you got to have the quarterback to to be able to do that. I think the Neil O'Donnell situation, where oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you just go to the highest money, it could end your career quickly, and and you become kind of a an afterthought. If that guy stays in Pittsburgh, he could have won a few more Super Bowls, and maybe he's on TV right now, you know, as a as a personality. So I wonder if Devonte, how he's going to kind of balance those two things, as is wanting to be able to keep the numbers high. Or Zach Wilson or, you know, is the guy that's your quarterback. It's probably not going to happen. I'm guessing he's going to want to go to a place that's got a good quarterback that he'll yeah. he'll be selective about that. It's not just the highest dollar. I, I that's I would guess that's true. How, how comfortable would you be if they uh, regardless of what happens, Super Bowl and they just said, you know what, damn it, we are going to bring back. Uh, Rogers and Adams, we're going to commit to these guys for the next three years, hell or high water, even if it means that we're going to have to, you know, let go 
of a lot of our other core players. Uh, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna ride these two guys as far as it goes. Would you feel good about that, knowing that um, they've let go of the supporting cast to keep these marquee players? Would, would would you feel good? Now I'm not talking about a year from now. Would you feel good? Would you feel good at the time of signing that I have my you know our our close personal friend Devonte Adams, um, you know is is going to be there and he's going to be catching balls from from 12. Do you feel good about that as a Packers fan, or would you feel better if we had to part with two great players with the possibility of being able to restock the roster for another you know five to seven years of making a run. What do you think? Yeah, I, it, that's the, I think as I said before, I, th- I feel like it's a very 50, 50. Um, I would be okay. We've got Rogers and Adams, but I would, I would be nervous about then what is the rest of the team sort of fill out to be? Because we've, we've had these two guys before playing at a high level, but when without a supporting cast, it, it's not enough. Yeah. Um, with a bunch of picks and, and keeping kind of a lot of this, the the higher to mid tier players that we can sort of surround, especially if we win a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I I'm kind of intrigued. I I guess in the in the name of interest and being having a more interesting season, you know, having uh making a Herschel Walker like trade with someone where you get a bunch of picks and then allow them to then kind of remake the team without Devontae and, and Rogers. I I mean, I I can't believe I I don't want to say I want that to happen. I I find that to be probably more interesting because I I feel like there's a scenario of these two other guys come back, they still can play, but um, the surrounding cast just makes them more of a ten and six and early early out in the playoffs, and that's frustrating too. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I like I said, I think I'm as fifty fifty on that those two scenarios as it can be. Well, I I hope we don't have to confront that reality, but I think we're probably going to. Um, and I tend to lean on as much as hate to say it. I mean, I I would love to see Rogers and Adams, um, you know, together for another, you know, three years, four years. Uh, but let's face it, that's going to be the end of the line for that. Um, I would much rather have the horizon um, extend out, and that whole. You know, what are the possibilities here? You get those draft choices and you have some young players, you know, that they drafted last year that look good. And, you know, that it's it's not the same. It's not Hall of Fame quarterback, but it becomes from a podcasting standpoint, but just from a Packer fan standpoint, it becomes a lot more interesting when you have possibility to talk about as opposed to what well, we're really kind of hemmed in here. Yeah. You know, we've 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 got these two guys. That's great. They're locked up, but we can't do anything else. We are right. we are locked in. So I, I'm, you know, I'm as much as I want to have those guys back. Um, I think it's probably better for the long, you know, as as an owner, as as you are. Um, I would kind of I think like to see them have more possibility um, than what they would have if they invested all that money in two guys and limiting their options. That's kind of how I come down on it. Yeah. And if, if they win the Super Bowl, I guess I would say I would be less devastated if we lost, right, yeah. lost them. Yeah. I, you know, right. if we, if we lost the, if we didn't make the Super Bowl and we lost them, yeah. uh, I guess I'm back to my, my 50, 50, but I might, 
I might fade a little bit more toward what you're saying, even though it's I could easily regret it. But that the scenario of of Rogers getting hurt in Game Two by you know basically putting all your eggs in in two baskets that that just like now now we're doing a, a Huntley year, right? It's a Huntley Hunt Huntley year where it's just you know it's a disaster. That's that's no fun at all. Um, so I I guess with picks. It's probably a higher floor, maybe. Yeah, no, that right. doesn't make sense. Uh, it's it's it, it's a it's a higher ceiling, I I, I would say, uh, because you know the possibility is broad, uh, but the floor I think is also lower lower that those without guys without Rogers, you're saying get all get all flame out. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, you know? but except for the fact of Rogers getting hurt. Yeah. Well, well, what about this? Think about this for a minute. As as, as long as we're just spewing here, um, so they. They decide that they are, you know, regardless of Super Bowl outcome, they decide that they're going to, you know, they're going to ride out the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career and they're going to lock up Devontae Adams too because Aaron wants that in order to stay. Okay, so they make that commitment. Aaron does get hurt in the second game, as you suggest. Jordan Love comes in and he's pretty damn good, <laughs> you know? So now what you've done is you've, you've realized that, wait a second, we invested all this money in Aaron Rodgers, and Jordan Love is good enough to win with. Well, so, then you trade him next year. Then, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's, and then then maybe you you get something because you're going to have to, because you're not going to be able to carry those those two guys. But right. his value is going to be less. That's right. At that point, but at you least know, you have an out. You know, you would you yeah. would have the ability to trade him at that. You know, after next year. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, let me give you this scenario. Let's say that Denver signs both Rogers and Adams. Yep. We get a bunch of picks. So now we've got a really good team about a question at quarterback. We go into that season, but, and now we have another team in Denver that will be, will be really interested in watching. So, you know, we'll have two things to really uh, follow where I could care less about, you know, any of those other teams, in the AFC. Um, that's, a, that's a good point. Cause I, kind of I, I paid attention to the jets that year that Favre was there. Uh, it did make it a little more spicy. And so, yeah, that, you know, and I I paid closer attention to the Cowboys this year than I have in a long time because of their head coach. So, yeah, that that does provide a little bit more interest. So that that would be from a Packer fan standpoint, if those two guys go together to the same place. And there's also talk. I believe it was Nathaniel Hackett. Right, yeah, the interviewed co right. for coach there. And I'm not sure if they interviewed Luke, Luke Getze or not. Um, but uh, they're both interviewing now for head coaching jobs. So if Nathaniel Hackett goes there and they do, you know, <laughs> bring in Rodgers and Devontae Adams, uh, wouldn't that be something to watch how that whole thing play, plays out? And Elliot Wolf uh, interviewing down in Chicago for general manager. I mean, <laughs> that that's something else that's going to bring a lot of spice to this equation. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it does. It, uh, that. A, a wolf now uh, coming in to try to turn a, a franchise around um, happened once. You know, could it happen again? Yeah, yeah that's a really interesting storyline that could play itself out. So it's a wolf in bear's clothing. But I want those two options. I want either to keep them both or get a Herschel Walker like trade. You know, so it's it, it, either way, you know, we're it's it's interesting. We're set up for potential success, you know, that could close the gap pretty quickly that maybe you don't make the playoffs next year if, if Rogers goes. Uh, but, you know, we're 
we're on our way and uh, and have a good team around us. Um, yeah, I let's just worry about getting the Super Bowl. I, I mean, this is it's this has got to be the year. It's got to be the year. Oh boy, I think you're right, Dave, and I think you're also right that it's time for the betting lines. All right, so. We have a uh, single winner. One question that got nullified. Um, so I got seven correct. I'll I'll address that in a minute, which uh, I probably could have asked the question a little bit differently. But let's go through uh, last week's uh, betting lines. Okay. Uh, so number one, uh, Jordan Love's quarterback rating. We didn't combine it. We said, what well, was Jordan Love? Uh, you set the line at 74, and he was at 64. I got to say, pretty damn good line. Pretty good uh, line. Yeah, we set low expectations, and he he met them. And he and he delivered. Yeah. And he did. Uh, number two, receiving yards for Devonte Adams. You set the line at thirty-two, and it was fifty-five. So they kept okay. him in a bit yep. lower. Yep. Got the record, which uh, which is what the key thing was there. Yeah. That's right, and uh, that's shows how much we care about getting that record uh, because we didn't even talk about it till now. Uh, so so is is Alan Lazard now their their number two receiver? Uh, I don't know if you can rule out Cobb if he's healthy. Oh, that's, you know, that's a guy we didn't talk about who's coming back. Yeah, that's I forgot. Right. Yeah. Randall Cobb will be available as well. So you think that Cobb would be ahead of Lazard when it comes to the pecking order of who's after Devante? I, I think it's two a two B for they're They, they're very, they just play differently. Um, Honestly, you know, on a on a key third down, I want him throwing at Cobb versus Lazard. Lazard can drops the ball, you know, but he's he's got he's really talented, can do lots of things. Where I just think Cobb is such more sure-handed, so I, I think having both of them in there is is important. So, but um, Lazard had a good game, right? He yeah, um, he had, yeah, but he have uh, five catches, I think. Yeah, including a touchdown and his uh, posing for the camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think Lazard is, is, is good enough for this offense to be the two, but I think, you know, having Cobb be a very close third or vice versa is, I think the offense is fine. Um, number three, uh, this is one that got, uh, uh, eliminated. As I said, uh, what would be, uh, Boyle, Tim Boyle's quarterback rating? I thought I oh. said the lions too, but, uh, Mike just decided to scratch it. So off it went. Um, okay. You did set the line at 78, by the way, and Jared Goff was 115. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Ted Kennedy, uh, I don't know if that's his first name or not, uh, 158.3 because, hey, one for one, 75 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty it good. It doesn't get more perfect than, than that. Yeah, Can but I was, yeah. Sign that guy. That's yeah, well, just don't ask him to go on a date with Mary Jo Kopechny. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Too, Too soon? soon? Yeah. Too soon. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, number of turnovers by the by the Lions. Uh, this is interesting. Um, but again, it's a meaningless game. We, I thought there'd be at least one, maybe oh, yeah. two. Yeah. You said one and a half. There were no turnovers for the Lions. Yeah. Well, you know. They're all hey, on the other side. You know, I tell you, they they delivered in the biggest game of the year. They did. They won their Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, number five, longest punt return. Uh, you set the line at. Uh, 8.5. I was like, 85? That's a high. 8.5. Um, yeah, we had there 23. Was, there was, yeah, there was that really <laughs> second half. Um, that was the best that Amari Rodgers, I think, has looked. I agree, which yeah, is yeah. confusing now because uh, is he now the punt returner in the playoffs? That scares no, the heck no, out of me. No, you go you go with uh, 
Oh, the dude they picked up from yeah. Seattle, uh, who That's played the one game and then got COVID. Yeah. Good old guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. That, that that guy. Davis? Is it Davis? Is that okay? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, was, uh, I feel like it starts with an S, but let's this is bad podcasting. So we'll keep we'll move on. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what not bad podcast. We're number three, baby. But we'll talk yeah, more about it. Uh, uh, number six, I asked, uh, will any of the injured players play? You said yes. Uh, I said no, and the answer was yes. Bakhtiari played, Myers played. Um, so um, that's one of those that people could have gamed if they played late too, which that's okay. Um, total tackles, number seven. Total tackles by Burks, Black, Tippa, or Yadam. You set the line at eight and a half. They had ten. Yeah, baby. Tackles. That's yeah. A, Who knows his Packer defenders, huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Uh, what quarter will Rogers be pulled? He was pulled in the second quarter. Yep. Uh, will they show Matt Flynn any kind of highlights? Matt, uh, Mike said no. Yes. And uh, uh, then tiebreaker was uh, points that they have. Um, you said 13. I said 17. Uh, it was 13. The winner this Dang. week is Me. Doug. Oh. <laughs> Who? Me. <laughs> well, you, you, you always, you, as we said, you're always a winner. Uh, is Doug Green? Doug Green got seven Doug correct. Green? Was the only one to have seven correct. He 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 took this game, this meaningless game, and said, "I know more about it than everybody else," and he proved it. Uh, well, when it comes to meaninglessness, I think he is, you know, he is the guy. When when it comes to lacking meaning. Doug Green is 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 your guy. Now, why would you say that? Why would you say such a mean thing about Doug? No, he's he's an existential philosopher, and when it comes to the lack of meaning in the world and in life, you know, Doctor Green is the guy you look to. Oh, it's uh, is is it Doctor Doug Green, or it's just you're going off of just the last name? I I have no idea who Doug Green is. I wish I did, because. He's not somebody that I think we've corresponded with. I don't think we've seen him on Twitter. And now this guy shows. You know what? I bet you that's an assumed name. Is he an imposter? Yeah. Is this? Is this? I is this think. Real? Yeah. It's probably John Sturck or one of those. Comp- yeah. It's probably what it is. Well, here's what Doug should do: is do what Caden Jeffs did. Is exactly. Send an email. Introduce yourself. Give us money, and then become part of the inner circle of the Packer Therapy family. Now that you're. Uh, Packers hotel and casino winner. Um, that's that. I think Caden has set the standard of what winners should be doing from now on. You want to introduce yourself. You want to tell us what you do for a living, where you live, social security number, bank routing number, you know, all, <laughs> all the typical stuff that we'll need to know. And uh, Doug, we were very much would like to to get to know you because I don't I don't think we've had the pleasure of becoming acquainted. So so please do that. And we do have Wi-Fi available at the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino so that you're able to email us. You do have to go to the Starbucks next door to use it, but uh, it is right next door to Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. And you can send us an email um, pirating their um, Wi-Fi. So please do that, Doug. All right. So congratulations, Doug. Let's go for the betting lines, the most generic betting lines of the year, because we do not know who they're going to play. Are you ready? Are you ready? When it comes sir? When, it, when it comes to generics, I am always ready. The white can with the black writing. All right. Uh, number one, Aaron Rodgers quarterback rating, assuming he plays. <laughs> I, you know, I feel very confident that uh, Aaron will play. Uh, That'd be this. a shocker, wouldn't it? We've oh, decided man. to go with Jordan. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, the shocker would be, yeah, we're going to go with Benkert in, in the <laughs> Yeah, the secret we like, weapon. We like the matchups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, even Aaron, uh, he did look sharp. And I, I think the whole point of having those guys play was to score a damn touchdown on that first drive. And they did. They did. And Aaron had, had a good showing, 135 passer rating. But competition is going to be, dramatically dialed up even if they wind up playing philadelphia it's going to be a hell of a lot better than what they faced against uh against the lions um so i'm guessing they're not going to wind up with philadelphia i think they're going to wind up with a better defense and i don't think aaron's gonna you know rock a rating like that gonna be cold it's gonna be lambo it's gonna be cold um but aaron will do well he'll be over a hundred i'm gonna say 102 102. All right, I'll take the over. Number two, uh, number of catches by Devontae Adams. Mm, I think he'll be targeted a lot. I mean, as it was, he was targeted seven times in just uh, half of the game. But might be harder because teams are going to see what others have done. Are they, are they going to triple Devontae the way Baltimore did? It would not surprise me. Whoever they're playing is going to have a plan for him. Um, so I think he'll be targeted a lot, but the number of receptions – it might be in question. He had six this past week and a half. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you know, it, it's not a big number day for Devante, but he may be creating opportunities for others. So let me say, let me, let me put his catch number at seven and a half. Mm, I'll definitely take the over on that one. You know, what I'd like to see them do is to have him, especially if uh, Jalen Ramsey or someone from the uh, good corners, like, focus all week on stopping Devante is have him fake the back shoulder throw. Like it's coming. So I feel, you know, some of these back shoulder throws are so precise. There's just no defense for them. Right. Um, and that I feel like there's going to be a corner is going to feel like, you know, if I just turn around, I'm going to, the ball's coming right to me. So I, if I can just anticipate, so if he can do that fake and have Jalen turn and then boom, he goes, um, that could be a long touchdown against a, a corner who, kind of likes to jump route. So uh, I'm going to predict something like that's going to happen. Hmm. You heard it here first. That's a, that's a okay. hot take. Hot take. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, total yards. Uh, let's just shoot total rushing yards for Aaron Jones. Oh, boy. You know, um, Aaron Jones did not play um, against Detroit. It was more precautionary, I guess, if he has had that knee injury. and But the cold weather, I think, I think Dylan's going to be kind of your guy. Would you rather uh, switch it to Dylan? Well, you set you set the you know uh, the questions. I just do the lines, Dave. So it's right. up. Well, to you. I'll stick with it. I, I okay. feel like in crunch time they are. We're going to see a lot of Dylan, but I feel like they. It, this is Aaron Jones' time, so I, I still think he's going to out, outrush uh, Dylan. Even though I don't know if I agree with that completely, but um, you know, with a good blocking line and an improved one, you know, Jones could could take one to the house. So. We shall see. So what do you think? Rushing yards for Aaron Jones. All right, then. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, I think he's going to get some carries. I think he'll have some success, but I don't think he's going over 100 yards. Um, I'm going to put his, uh, I'm going to put him at 65. All right. I'm going to take the over. All right. Okay. We've got three overs in a row. Uh, number four, how many sacks will the Packers have given their massive pass rush upgrade that they've just experienced? Oh, boy. You know, and again, that's going to depend a lot on the 
opponent and the blocking that they have, but uh, they've pretty been pretty effective, at least with pressures all season long. Even if they haven't gotten home for the sack, they put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. Um, I, th- I think they're going to get home a couple of times. Um, let me put that at uh, two and a half. All right, I'm taking the over on that one too. Okay. Four overs. Let's see if we can keep this going. Number five, how many interceptions will the Packers get? Hmm. I want to put that at one half. I, I'm not All seeing right. a lot of interceptions. You have better quarterbacks. They'll be more careful. Um, so we'll, I'll, I'll put it at, at a half. All right, I'm going to take the over there. Uh, over, 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 over. Um, six longest punt. Mm, boy. Give Bojo some love here. Yeah, Bojo's going to be kicking a brick. Um, and that's not going to be easy. He had one for a long of 35. I don't know if he was – I guess it was inside the 20. So. Well, uh, and it's, it's – you know, that was also inside, a, you know, a dome too. Um, and he has been slumping a little bit too. So his longest mm, – 47. 47. I'm just going to keep going the over. I'm going to take the over that. Uh, and seven, how many tackles by Devondre Campbell? Ooh, oh, God, this is hmm. – you mean you're talking about the all-pro uh, middle that's, linebacker. That's the, the man, Packers. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been a tackling machine all year. He's also been effective in coverage. The, the, the guy has been has been terrific. So it seems like he, kind of his, his number is usually around 10. Um, so let's go nine and a half. Nine and a half. I'm going to take the over. I'm just going to keep going. Seven and a half. Will the Packers score on first on their first drive? No. You say no, and I'm going to say yes. I think uh, I think they're going to come out. I mean, I, I'm optimistic. I I, I, I got to believe that they're going to come out and be the team I want them to be, and they're going to come out and they're going to score just like they did against Detroit. It'll look just like that. Yeah. Uh, Thir- seven three team plays. Wow. Okay. Seven and three fours. Um, I was going to ask uh, how much are the Packers favored by, but again, people could play late. It's and that's uh, and that could make this line hard. Um, um, well, I guess at game time, I guess that I guess that that sets it. So at game time, will the Packers be favored by more than five? Yes or no? It's going to be tough for, for Mike's got to look that up then. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah, okay. Um, more than five. I'm going to say no. Okay. I, I, think, I think they want to be like, well, if it's if it's Philadelphia, it might be, but every, everybody else could be less than five. You think less than five? Okay. I'm yeah. going to say, um, I mean, it could be injuries and things. I mean, I think Arizona, they could be favored by more than five. Um, I guess I'll say no as well. It may be two. I mean, I should have put a lower number, but I'll I'll see if someone disagrees with that. And then uh, the tiebreaker is the total score for the Packers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, they they've been pretty consistently scoring, you know, thirty-ish points, uh, and they've been doing that against you know all kinds of of, of defenses. The weather though is the wild card, and mm-hmm. uh, it, the the advanced or the long-term forecast is. You know, kind of, you know, single digits, that kind of thing. Um, so it's what you would expect in the middle of January in Wisconsin. Um, I still think that they're going to have a, you know, a decent offensive day. Uh, 28. 28. I said 34. 
Okay. All right. So it's uh, not this weekend, but uh, you've got all next week to go ahead and send Mike an email to play the betting lines uh, and see if you can get – it's one of the last few weeks here at the Packers Therapy Hotel Casino. All you got to do is pull your stuff together and get your answers to Mike Miller and send him an email address at mitnomiller at gmail.com. That is mitnomiller at gmail.com because the Packers lost, which means there's oh, no singing. That's right. I forgot. That's right. I assume they won. It's been so it's been so it's, many it, times, yeah. If, even when even when they lose, it seems like they win these days. And you know, that's did, did you see uh, Ratcliffe's article about um, over the last 30 years, he compared all the teams in the NFL. No. And um, how the how the Packers have fared. Um, they've won 15 division titles over the last, you know, 30 years. I think they were. Um, they, I think they've won the most uh, games of anybody over that time period. Them and the Steelers and. And the Patriots are all pretty close. I think the Packers are first or second. Um, it's just—it's one of those things. Uh, other than the Patriots, who've been in 14 conference championship games, Packers and Steelers, I think, were both at nine. Um, it's been a remarkable, remarkable run of success. And so, yeah, it does feel like they always win. And what a great feeling that is to have. And regardless of what the Packers decide to do about Aaron Rodgers, I don't know that we're going to expect this kind of thing happening, you know, consistently for much longer. So yeah. drink it in, Packer fans, you know, drink it in. <laughs> I agree. I don't know why we feel like such losers that we've won so much, but uh, I, I think the Patriots have ruined it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the... Yeah. They are an outlier in that, uh, Belichick era, you know, with Brady, uh, yep. that, you know, that was, you know, I mean, it was a little bit like, I suppose, like the Lombardi and star era Packers, you know, in nine years, you win five championships. And that's just, you know, kind of a crazy run. And that's the crazy run that, that, um, you know, New England's been on. In fact, we have to remember that before Belichick was coached there and when they uh, played the Packers in Super Bowl 31, uh, didn't they, they had, um, Parcells, right? As Still Parcells. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they, they've actually had a, a couple of, you know, kind of hall of fame coaches back to back. And they also had a decent, uh, quarterback in those days too. I mean, in fact, I think didn't Brady take over for an injured, uh, Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, you know, yep. and, and Bledsoe was a, I think a top two pick, you know, I mean, they, they, they've had, um, you know, back to back, not Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but, you know, a, one very good quarterback. And of course, you know, one quarterback that some people think is the greatest of all time. So right. they they've been fortuitous that way as well. Um, but they kind of are outsized. And even though you can be really, really, really good as the Packers have been, you know, they've won two Super Bowls in this era. Uh, Pittsburgh's won three. And then after that, you look up and it's, you know, <laughs> you you get uh, uh, Cowboys, I guess, have won three as well. But that was all in the 90s. It's been New England that has been just this dominant force. Yeah. It's just uh, for crazy. so long. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, 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 it's a little bit like you look at Don Hudson's receiving 
records. It was just out of proportion for what the time was. And that's what you can say about New England's success over the last 30 years. Uh, it's it just been so out of out of sync with what the reality for every other team has been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to get one more for Rogers here in Green Bay. And uh, then we can start the uh, unbelievable LaFleur love era that will just say, you know, <laughs> has never been rivaled since the Brady and Belichick. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, that is a good point. The Packers do have what appears to be a real, you know, solid young head coach. Uh, and that can that can help a lot. Uh, it's still you still still need the guys on the field, but you know he's not a dunce. He's a pretty he's pretty good uh, game uh, planner. I probably getting better as a game manager from the sidelines. That's a real big asset. It should not be uh, overlooked. Uh, but we're going to find out what a difference it makes to have a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, compared to just a guy quarterback. Yeah. Yep, we'll start to see how smart all everybody is in that front office. So precisely, yeah. Well, should we do some pop culture, sir? Yes, let's do it. So, what have you got? Uh, I know you know what what I'm going to talk about, but what do you got? Well, I just you know one thing is is uh, we get to the beginning of the year. I'm seeing a lot of top ten lists in movies and shows and everything, and I love that stuff. And particularly with movies because I I really like to critique them. And there's all kinds of podcasts nowadays that do all this, uh, too many podcasts, actually. And actually, I just, it's too many, but, um, so I've been going through top 10 lists for four movies and I've knocked out two this week. Uh, one is, uh, I, one is called the green Knight, And, uh, I don't know if that's, um, it, it's a movie that requires some work because as you watch it, it's, a it's kind of an Arthur in the round table type story. I guess it's uh, there's a poem or fable about the green knight is, is an actual uh, story from a, from that time. And so this is a, a take on that, uh, but it's a very slow moving movie and it's not super clear exactly what's happening at all times. So uh, it wouldn't be one that I suppose if you like watching the Packers and like sports and action, the, the nuance of uh, the green knight probably wouldn't be something that would be, I think it received well with our, our audience, I'm guessing. So, um, I, and I didn't particularly like it either. Um, it helped to, to read more about it, but uh, The Green Knight might be one that could be up for Academy Awards, possibly, um, but wouldn't be my cup of tea. But the second one I saw, I thought I enjoyed a lot, was Don't Look Up. Have you heard of this movie on Netflix? I have indeed. I've, I've read quite a bit about it, in fact. Have you watched it? No, I have not. So, you know, it's... it's uh, it was interesting as I did some reading about this one as well, is that I think both political extremes will not like this movie. <laughs> if you're on the far right, you will not like it because you're being made fun of. If you're on the far left, apparently it it's the satire does not take uh, it far enough. So I think if you're super far left, um, you may not enjoy the movie uh, because it's it's it doesn't have enough kind of oomph to it. But I, I think it's a pretty effective movie. It's an Adam McKay movie that he did the big short and um, mm -hmm. Veep uh, or Vice, not Veep, Vice. Um, <laughs> and it has a certain style to it, but it's uh, it basically is it's a comment. It's about to hit the earth and it's about our climate, how half the people believe that there is no such thing as a comment. And the other half is like, <laughs> we got to do something. There's a comment that's going to hit the earth. 
Um, and so it's a metaphor for climate change. And right. uh, so politics aside, I, I did. I enjoyed the movie and I, I think I like Leo and everything he does. So I, I thought that was uh, a really entertaining movie. Kind of sad. I mean, it, the the commentary on on the humanity and how we would face a crisis like that and and how we would probably f- fall down over it it feels r- too close to reality and it's it is sad <laughs> but um whether i th- and i in terms of climate change i i i think um i don't really state my my claim but i think you can be have a full range of opinion of it um uh, I certainly think that my personal opinion that it, it's something that we need to address certainly, but uh, and not deny it outright. But uh, is it tomorrow? I don't. I don't know if I know about that either. But this. But the idea of this movie is more about uh, how we just would have a complete inability to kind of handle a crisis. We would completely run to the ends of left or right and then fight with each other as we hurtle to our doom. So. Um, but it was a lot of laughs in between in that one. So I, I thought uh, Don't Look Up is, is a movie I would recommend if you kind of know what you're getting into. Hurtling to our doom with a lot of laughs in between is a perfect synopsis of the life that most of us live. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Certainly our uh, Packers season could be. <laughs> you know, I, season could be that we described that way. It's, you know, <sighs> Even right now, you know, the last two years, the pandemic, I mean, it has been this exact situation, you know, where, yeah, there's a virus out there that can, you know, cause problems, death in some cases. Uh, You know, if, if you don't die, you could be sick with the lingering symptoms for a long time. But at the same time, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta earn money, you gotta, you know, go out and have a job and you got to live your life and all those things. So you're always having those competing things. If, if it's a comet that's, you know, bearing down on earth, you know, but you, you really don't know, you can't really see it or you can see it, but the scientists are saying this and that, and you don't know. But what you do know is that you can't really worry about it too much because you still got to go and you got to earn the money so you can pay the rent or the mortgage, uh, you know, make sure there's shoes for the kids and food on the table so you're always having these competing things against the reality that you face immediately. It's right in front of you, what you got to do against the bigger picture of, you know, impending existential doom. And it is a metaphor for <laughs> the life that we lead anyway. You know, we're all we're all going to die. We don't know when that is. But in the meantime, we got to do something. <laughs> so and oftentimes that is, well, we got to do what we can to get to the, the end of the day. So. Um, I have not. And sometimes that's at the expense of future generations. <laughs> well, it's some, and sometimes too, it's it, it's at the expense of your own future. <laughs> yeah, that uh, might be. That might be. You know, we I don't mean, know. the the healthy way to live is X. You know, you need to do these things. You got to get eight hours of sleep. You got to have a balanced diet. You got to get regular exercise. You have to do all of these things. And again, it's a this is scientific stuff done on data and research and all this. And this is what the scientists are teaching us. But in order to do all that stuff, um, you know, it's competing against what you have to do as a spouse, what you have to do as a parent, what you have to do as an employee. Um, so you always can't do all the things you need to do to extend whatever amount of time it is that you have. And so that's why I think this movie sounds like a really good metaphor for the existence that 
all of us face. Yes, we should be doing all of these things. I should not be having a Mountain Dew right now as I'm doing this podcast. But if I'm going to get through this thing, damn it, this is what I have to do right now. Yeah. And it's sometimes in competition uh, with what you should be doing in the long term, whether it be climate change or comet, you know, impending doom upon Earth. So it sounds like something that, uh, you know, would be worth uh, watching. Um, but instead, Dave, what I've been doing is looking at a ranking of the top 25 Packer podcasts, because that is a lot more important. Nothing says doom more than ranking yeah. Packer podcasts. Yeah. Now, it came to my attention when I, I was I was actually listening to the Packaday podcast uh, this week. Um, and they had mentioned that they had come in sixth in this ranking that's out there. And I said, oh, that's pretty ranking, good. They're ranking Packer podcasts. I kind of wondering if, you know, maybe maybe Packers therapy is in there someplace. Um, and I got to tell you, there are a lot of Packer podcasts. When <laughs> we started is. doing this, it was kind of what us and Packers transplants, I guess. We're, I don't know if there's anybody else. There were, were some that did like two episodes and never, you know, right. followed up on it. Yeah. At least on iTunes that we can recall. Yeah. 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 There, there, there wasn't I – mean, the field was, was pretty much wide open uh, at that point in time. Um, so yes, I, I did, you know, did a little Google search and I found there, there is this ranking out there by something called Feedspot and Feedspot ranking is based on, they have several bullet points. First relevancy, not sure how that's determined, how, what's relevant and what's Why that's important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, second bullet point is industry blogs. Those not favoring a specific brand are given a higher rank than blogs by individual bands or brands, sorry, who often tend to promote their own products. Okay. Third bullet point is blog post frequency and freshness. Uh, next, social media follower counts and engagements. Next is domain authority. Don't know what that means. Uh, age of a blog. Uh, I guess that means how long the blog has been around, I would imagine. That's the sense. last. The last thing that the ranking is based on is Alexa web traffic rank. <laughs> All right. So the methodology, a little bit dicey, perhaps. Anyway, it says we routinely remove inactive blogs and those that are no longer relevant to a given list. List is updated as we receive new blog submissions and re-ranked every few weeks. Okay. So in fact, number six on this list is the Pack-A-Day podcast. Number three on this list is uh, from an outfit called Packer Stock. And Packer Stock is where we happen That's to us. That's yes. us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Along with the bevy of other, um, you know, podcasts. GZ Radio is in there. No Huddle Radio. Uh, we got Lem's Talk and Pack. I mean, all of the stable of Packer Stock podcasts. So it's not just Packer's Therapy. It's all of us combined. We rank third out of the 25 podcasts. Number one is uh, the Blue 85 podcast. Number two is Custom Green Bay Packers Talk Radio podcast, um, which I don't really know much about. So I, the, the one that, that I remember there is like every once in a while, if I wanted to get like the post game as a podcast, it would be yeah. on that custom Packer net, if I recall. Oh, so. Okay. I, Okay. I didn't know they may have personal uh, podcasts like ours, but I thought there was also some radio related uh, things too. But I could I, I could be wrong. But so 
and, and there's there's you know Packers and script is next the UK Packers uh, I mentioned number six was the pack a day locked on Packers number seven I I, I listen to that one with Peter Bukowski I think it's terrific that's number seven uh, Packer transplants which again thought that would be higher because it's Aaron and Corey and they've been around forever and they do a really good job that's eight I thought you know that I thought for certain would have been higher. And then there's uh, can there's I just, I'll just put of, a plug a in lot for yeah. for those two guys who yeah. I think they insulted us early on, if you recall. But, early uh, on they did, yes. Which but, we but, brushed off with with professionalism that's bah. expected of our of us. <laughs> well we um, we've I'll since think, become friendly with, with with certainly with Aaron, maybe not as much with with Corey, but certainly with Aaron. He's been a said a lot of nice things about our podcast yeah. over the years and he's a good guy. What I do, I want to shout out for them is uh, I have really, and I would encourage everyone to to try this sometime. Is uh, I listen to their um, watch party on YouTube instead of Troy Aikman and and Joe Buck, and uh, it does it make they make me laugh. They you know they have the perspective that I have is like you know when Kevin King gets in, why is Kevin King in there? You know that's the kind of you know re- reporting that I want to hear. Um, and uh, I've really enjoyed, like, you know, there have been times where I've waited for Troy Aikman to say something stupid for me to flip over. And now I'm kind of defaulting to doing the watch party as uh, my regular viewing. So I, I just have to give a shout out to them. I There has been a fair amount of joy in watching the game with their commentary. So um, and uh, so shout out to them for that. And I would encourage you to check that out if you if you haven't already. Yeah, and I I would like to. But I I rarely watch the game in real time. I, I'm usually uh, DVRing it. And so I can watch it later on with, uh, with one of my sons. And, uh, so I, I'm not able to take advantage of that. Uh, but I know you've spoken very highly of what Aaron and Corey do on that. That's fun. Especially if you're part of the kind of Packer Twitter universe and hear all the back and forth. I mean, they're basically going to refer to all those things during the game, which is, what's happening in your mind, but you're not, you know, hearing it. And, uh, they are bringing that out. In fact, that's what I originally wanted to do. Chris as I wanted us to like announce a game. Um, so that is, that is out there, but, uh, the thought of trying to attempt that now, boy, I, I, I have no interest in trying to figure that out now. I've, I've, I've often thought when my, when my son and I are doing, uh, uh, our commentary during the game, Joseph and I, uh, I always thought, you know, we should record this, you know, because, because, because this, this is good stuff. This is good stuff, especially when the commercials come on and the poor Terry Bradshaw's people are taking his money. And, you know, <laughs> those are the kinds of things that, you know, just solid gold. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it was, it's, it's a nice deal. And, uh, we're glad to be, uh, you know, third rank for some reason no one's sure of. But it's not just us. It's 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 the joint efforts of, you know, Al and CD and, you know, Kelly and Lemps and all the other people that are on uh, Packers stock. So, um, yeah, it's better to be third than, say, 23rd. And regardless if it's a bogus, you know, ranking or not, we're just really glad. So my takeaway from all of this and I imagine people listen to us, maybe listen to the other podcasts on Packers Talk, and hope you do that. Uh, but you know, mix in some of these other uh, podcasts. I I have not listened to the UK Packers podcast, but I know a number of people have said they really enjoy that. And um, you know, it's 
it's good. Uh, we've recommended um, on this podcast in the past, uh, reporting is eligible. That's out there. Pack a day is good. Although wasn't pack a day the one that entitled one of their podcasts Packers Therapy? I, uh, somebody did had a, a had an episode, yeah, called I, Packers Therapy. I was yeah. I, I was thinking we should, uh, you know, overwhelm them with uh, with emails or comments about that, or send our lawyers. Uh, but again. Who's got the time? Well, I mean, really, I and mean, it's yeah. You know, it, but it, I'd like to think it was an homage to us. <laughs> yeah, that's so, probably yeah. right. If yeah, we'd have listened yeah. to it, maybe, yeah. maybe they did. Maybe they did. Yeah, and then and then locked on. I mean, you know, I I listened to probably uh, I definitely always listen to the post game one that that Peter does. But I probably get him three times a week or so. Just don't have time for everything. I listened to the Journal Sentinel one, which. You know, it's with Silverstein, Wood, and uh, the new woman they have with the Southern accent. Uh, you know, it, that's always okay. I listen to Head of the Pack once in a while, the Matt uh, Schneiderman thing from The Athletic. Um, that's okay. Um, yeah, and that's not one of my favorites, but yeah, yeah, it's Packers stuff, and I like, I like, you know, to hear what's what's going on. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of good content out there, and we're glad that. People who are already who are still listening to us, um, you know, at this point in the podcast, uh, you know, still tune in and they like the length and what we do and we goof around with this thing. So, Just anyway, <laughs> the what we should we should uh, uh, encourage people though to first listen to the podcast, the other podcasts on Packers Stock Radio, right? That's well, of, that, well, of course, that went yeah. without saying. Yeah. I'm assuming because I think the only way you can get Packers therapy is if you download all the podcasts. So I'm assuming that people are listening or at least sampling, you know, what the other uh, podcasts on on uh, what I, I like to call Packers stock. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's because it's hilarious. Yeah, that's well, right. right. And if, if you're really into the Packers and if you're listening to us still at this point, you probably really are. There's just a lot of good stuff uh, out there. And I will say in conclusion, I will say what oh, in, people in academia say about the U.S. news rankings when they come out. Um, they are bogus. They are meaningless. But it's better to be on the list than not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, in this world where NFTs are, have value, uh, our ranking number third sounds just about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, so congratulations to everybody at, at Packers Talk for, for coming in uh, as, as high as we did. And Alan CD in particular, they have built a very nice brand there. And uh, again, guys, uh, thank you for inviting us to, to join in. It's been a while now. Has it been like five years or so at least, right? Uh, oh man, that you could have told yeah. me ten. I would have. I yeah. Yeah, I I I can't recall exactly when Pocket Doppler went out of business. But but uh, yeah, uh, Wally set us up with Alan CD, and they grabbed on to us. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a nice ride. And they're and they're 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 good fellows. So hey. Uh, speaking yeah. about bad memory, can we just correct one thing? Usually, I guess this is a good thing to do at the end, like they do in newspaper articles. Uh, I have misremembered a memory, and I think I've repeated it over and over, and this might have driven people crazy, that we talk about how how easy it is for the Packers to have not made it to win the Super Bowl in 2010 because we said there's a game against the Giants where somebody tripped Deshaun Jackson so that he didn't score um, – and got the Packers into the playoffs somehow. And that is taking two memories and confusing them and putting them together. The right. actual thing that happened 
was that uh, Deshaun Jackson ran back a punt return for a touchdown against, to get the Eagles the yeah. against the Giants, which I think somehow propelled the Packers into the playoffs, if I recall. Correct. Yep, because the, the Giants needed to, to lose that game. It was late in the game, too. Yeah, it was like 16 seconds left, and the, and the highlight is – and and what Coughlin was so upset about was that they should they were supposed to punt out of bounds. Instead, they punted it to Sean Jackson. He drops the ball, picks it up, and ex- the the defense that kind of overflowed. He found a lane and and ran for a touchdown. And the Eagles won. The Packers got in. But then the next week, what I'm re- misremembering is that right before Teron Williams's interception, which sealed the game is Deshaun Jackson caught a pass and was on the way for a touchdown, but Desmond Bishop yep. tripped him just ever so slightly got one foot and knocked him down. And if he had a missed, it would have been a touchdown, I think for sure. And uh, that game could have been completely different. And our whole memory that whole, all 2010 completely changes. That's the year that Deshaun Jackson, you know, ran for that touchdown. Um, so that is what happened. And I will now put that into long-term memory and not misremember that anymore. The management of Packers Therapy and our parent company, Packers Stock, regrets this error. Yes, we do. So, um, And all but, the others. You, but you have to refresh me. Now, you said it was the Tremont Williams interception that aced that game. Was that Sam Shields or was that no. Tremont Williams? No, so that was Tremont Williams. All right. Was, okay. I, I, I did actually see the highlight. This morning. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Good. I, I, I know that he had a really big postseason. Sam Shields did, and I think he had an interception in that game, but I didn't remember when it came. I know he did. He have one against the Bears. Well, Tremont though, he did. Was, he did have one against the Bears too. And Tremont, of course, the next week against Atlanta had the big pick six that turned that game around. That was the oh, that uh, that was one of the the times where I can remember watching the Packers where I'm sitting. And now all of a sudden I'm like in the air floating, you know, screaming like it was such a great highlight. It was um, a great such moment. a joy. Yep. Same with the BJ Raji interception. But then the Tron oh. also knocked the last pass down against the Steelers to to ice oh, the, uh, the yes. Super Bowl, too. So that's, Tremont, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. is is uh, is Rasul Douglas is this year's uh, Tremont Williams. I think that's it's all coming in together. Tremont Williams, if he is not, I don't think he's a Packer Hall of Famer yet, but I think he probably should be. He should. Yeah, I agree. He's a, he, he was a great Packer with a great backstory. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. They don't they do not win the Super Bowl with, without him. He That's had, right. Ab, ab, absolutely great. So this podcast has gone on definitely long enough. But you know what? It's the bye week podcast. People got yeah. nothing else to do. Right. Yeah, you got two weeks. You know? Or yeah. so to listen to it. Yeah. And and this podcast has lasted about two weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> that's so, right. so, so that's about it. Anyway, we, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, we're going to find out here very shortly who the Packers will be playing. And they will be playing at home. We know that. We don't know the the date or time. It's a little bit like Jesus' return. We don't know the date or time. Uh, but they will be coming like a, uh, right, we keep our lamps uh, trimmed. And uh, we are, uh, you know going to watch the game like a thief in the night, I suppose. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect analogy. Exactly right. So anyway, we will be doing that. And then win, lose, I guess it won't be a draw, but win or lose, uh, we're going to be back with more Packers therapy. Hopefully we'll be talking about who the Packers will be playing in the NFC Championship game, which will also be at Lambeau Field. A lot to look forward to. 
Either way, it's going to be exciting. And playoff time is exciting. Packer fans enjoy it because we don't know how long this three-decade run is going to last. So buckle in and enjoy it. Dave and I will be back a week or so hence, and we'll talk about how this divisional round playoff game goes. Until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.